Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is literally the last full trading week of 2022, which is really hard to believe when you think about it. We're going to head into two weeks of holiday trading and definitely know a market that has kind of already got that feel going on. Markets will be closed on Monday in observance of Christmas and then the following Monday for New Year's. So we're going to take a look at what's been happening in this market. Of course, we'll talk about the weather and the effects it's been having on the cattle market. We'll also look at South America. How dry is it in Argentina? How far behind are they on the crop? What type of pressure is this going to put on our markets when I've heard talk of some good Brazil numbers possibly coming out of the fields at harvest time? Lots to look at on this week's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back. As you can see, joining me, we've got Sue Martin with Ag and Investment and Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners. And uh, first off, it is obviously a holiday type of uh, week and feel that we're seeing in the market trade. Uh, I want to start out uh, with each of you. And, and Jeff, since you popped up on the screen first when I hit the button, um, for you, what was kind of your holiday notice in the trade? Well, I think it's been encouraging to see the, the strength that we've seen in the market you know, here this week and as we finish out the week, because you just don't ever know. We have volume, it's a little lighter trade. Yeah, a lot of people that may have already called it for the year, you know, set their position to where they're at and, and they call it out. But it's uh, as we've watched through here, it's been nice to have a tailwind of support out of the energy markets. It's nice that we've also had some technical strength that's been coming in. And and ultimately, we've got enough you know support coming out of the weather side so far to kind of keep us rolling along, Susan. And Sue, what for you? Did you notice that we really kind of moved into that holiday mode for the next couple of weeks? Well, the one thing I noticed as we ended the week here, um, the CRB index chart has got a very tight pennant or a triangle. And um, we're right just almost into the very apex of that. It almost looks to me like it is one that would break out to the top side. If that is the case, that means better prices down the road. But, uh, of course, you know, you, you get quieter trade as you go through the holiday and, and everybody's in a holiday mode and, and then you have these storms come through and, and they can sometimes distort markets a little bit. But um, by and large, I think the market was the shorts were a little apprehensive today, being uh, very aggressive into this market as we head into a three-day weekend. So I want to talk with both of you as well about soybeans. And Sue, for you, crush numbers um, here in the U.S., is the demand going to continue to hold up into the new year? Well, I think it will. Um, I think our crush will continue to hold. And, you know, even uh, exports are running 4% ahead of last year at this time. And it doesn't feel like we should be 4% ahead of, of what we were a year ago at this time, but we are. So that is supportive. When we break this market back, we seem to find support and catch some more buying. Um, but, you know, you look at uh, China and they have a very low uh, supplies or stocks of soy meal. 
and uh, that spells demand for beings as we go down the road. We're not competitive into February, but we're very competitive from uh, March on forward, like March, April, and May. Jeff, South America, especially when we look at Argentina, has had some dry weather, and I, I've done some reading that shows they're behind when it comes to planting, even though they're trying to do some catch-up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and the best way I'd kind of sum it up down there is that that weather has been supportive enough to, I think, keep everybody, you know, comfortable from selling it off because, you know, we continue to hear about the big numbers, uh, the big production numbers coming out of South America. And, and most of that has been because of the, the good crop that we're talking about coming out of Brazil. But let's dig a little deeper into that. So if we look at Argentina, you know, our, our weather sources would indicate to us that, that probably about 80% of their area, the crop area, has been impacted by dry and, and too hot a conditions that that has caused the yield to pull back some. But on the other side of that, what we have to realize is as we move into Brazil, you know, there's probably 40% of Brazil that's going to be above trend yield as we're talking about soybeans. There's about 15% of that crop, though, that we are going to have to watch that I'd say has had some similar dry conditions. Probably the one that stands out the most is Rio Grande do Sul. And, and as a result of that, you know, they would have some below trend yields there. So far, the analysts out there have been more comfortable lowering the Argentine crop. And I think as we come in the next week, I think we could see that lowered a little bit more. But we'll have to see how the rains end up falling. You know, if we have, you know, some some rains that happen to produce a little bit better than we expect, then, then maybe we'll have some of the analysts won't pull back. But some of the early indications we're hearing as we get in the first part of next week, we could hear some lower forecast numbers out of Argentina on both corn and soybeans. At least so far, no one's been willing to make much of an adjustment yet on, on Brazil. But that's that's kind of how the weather's looking so far, Susan. Now, to take it a step further in regard to the acres, you brought up a great point there. Boy, the, the planting pace has been slow in Argentina. And as a result of that, there could be some of those acres that could either switch from, from one crop to another or ultimately may not get planted in some cases. Now, we think it's more of a switch from one crop to another, but... We'll have to keep our eyes very closely on that as we go into the first part of the year, Susan. Sue, do you see that as a pressure factor for U.S. beans? And are we going to lose some possible export opportunities if Brazil does get that bumper crop? Well, I think, you know, they'll be competitive. Um, it, it does appear like they will have that bumper crop. You know, I took, I had to recently speak for an elevator group. And one of the uh, slides that I showed was where we took uh the Western Hemisphere bean production uh, stocks, ending stocks. And we did it since 1976. So we took Argentina, uh, Brazil, and U.S. ending stocks and combined them and then looked at years when we had a marked increase from the year before. Ironically, now there were about 14 that had that, but what was real interesting was that every year that ended in a three, which would be like this year coming up. Uh, there were four of them, of course, 1983, 1993, 2003, and 2013. All four of those showed a marked increase in ending stocks when we combined all three. I thought that was interesting. Now, to me, that would be more of a production uh, side of an equation uh, where production went up, maybe more so than demand went down. And what also was interesting was out of those three years of a three, one of them, which was 2013, put its high in for the year in January. The other three saw their highs made on old crop beans in July and uh, on new crop 
August, one year was July and the other two was uh, August to September. I thought it was rather interesting. I want to look at that, though, the pressure with the dollar and get both of your thoughts on that. As we start going towards a new year, and we've got um, folks that have in the bins at their farms or in the elevators wanted to maybe move some new crop. Is there the opportunity to kind of wait and see what happens with Brazil? Or do we move for fear that we might not have the export opportunity? I think for me, uh, we're recommending making cash sales. Uh, $15 beans at this time or close to $15 is not, not unattractive. You know, it's a pretty good price for this time of year. Corn, likewise, I think uh, even if we get a little higher, say, early next week, I still think um, it's doable to do some pricing here uh, before the year rolls over. And there has been a lot of cash sales being made by farmers. I know in our area, and I talk in Minnesota, same thing, parts of Indiana, I'm hearing it as well. Jeff, what about for you? What type of conversations have you been having? Well, I would say overall, uh, the big thing at this is we come into the end of the year. It's it's a matter of everybody's kind of focus on, you know, where are my final numbers coming in? And a common theme that we're hearing as they look ahead is that everybody's surprised a little bit. And they, they aren't really, but it's just shocking to them how high their break-even costs are. And and we know in this type of market environment, if weather conditions are good in the U.S. and, and ultimately the South Park has a good crop, there's going to be some pressure put on these prices. And, and as we go into this next year, I, I would agree completely with Sue in that I think we're going to need to, to be making some sales here on, on the remaining old crop bushels and also on new crop bushels here. And, and maybe a lot of it is that it's not because we, we don't think the market can necessarily go higher later. It's just that ultimately we need to take some risk off the table here. Uh, if the U.S. stays hot and dry, and, and if you're talking to Nebraska customers, talking to Kansas customers, you know, they're sitting there going, my gosh, this could be a terrible drought. But, but what we have to remember is that if we pick up some rains here in the spring, uh, ultimately, you know, we could we could still have some, a very good crop coming out of Nebraska for this next year. And, and But if it doesn't happen, yeah, the markets may rally, but they might have to rally from prices that are much lower. So I guess we're continuing to advance sales and looking to probably, as we roll into the first part of the year, even make some more sales. We think this is going to be the type of year where you may have to make sales early, but then you're also going to be prepared to, to have to defend them if we see some conditions change later. Susan. All right. Well, speaking of conditions changing, Sue, this Mother Nature sure socked it to many of our cattle producers and continue to do so as this storm front moves uh, eastward. What are you hearing um, from folks out there and the concern that's happening? Well, it's very concerning. Cattle are losing weight. Um, and when you stress cattle under these kind of conditions, they tend not to gain weight real easily um, back. And the other thing is I've heard of, you know, producers in the Dakotas and, and uh, parts of Nebraska, but especially in the Dakotas, looking for cows under snowdrifts. And uh, also, you know, as we were talking before we went on the air here, uh, also finding, um, you know, situations where like a feedlot had a roof cave in on 2000 head of a feedlot. And um, then we also had a situation where cows or animals are able to walk over fences. It's we've seen these years before, but they usually don't play out real well. Well, I want to take a quick moment and wish both of you a very Merry Christmas and look forward to you joining us as we head towards 2023. Thank Same you. Same to you, Susan. And, and thank you, Jeff. 
And as we remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. As we head into the holiday weekend, that has been the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.